Hi, and welcome to our podcast, There's No Business Like No Business. We'll have conversations with all types of people in the live events industry to see what's been going on, or not, over the last year, and what hopefully we'll be looking forward to soon. We'll expand this a bit to see how the COVID downturn has affected our friends in the worlds of performing arts, travel, and hospitality. As a matter of fact, we'll talk to just about anyone. Here to guide us along the way are your hosts, Dave Eveson and Andrew Douglas. There's our song one more time. I know we love it. I know you think it's Hawaii Five O, but I I think it's a little bit more Breaking Bad. You know, I do I do get a little bit of Breaking Bad there a little bit. Uh, fantastic show, by the way. It is amazing. If we could shout out for that, you can we, shout we out. Would. Yeah, and uh, and uh, just call Saul. That whole thing. I didn't really like the movie. You, did you no, ever see I the turned movie? it off actually. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I got about twenty minutes in, and and I don't know whether it was going to besmirch my feelings for, you know, uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, but it just didn't feel. Wait, the my same Webster for me. Dictionary uh, app just uh, had a pile of red lights go off when you say besmirched. <laughs> <laughs> Do we, uh, maybe do we, we'll have to add that to our website. Uh, just, just. I I like that actually definition. about about the like if you spell something enough times incorrectly, you can add it to your dictionary, and it just forever will be the right way. From that point, <laughs> I think that's brilliant. I love it. Um, so we're here for a reason. Every well, it's even those. These are supposed to be every kind of couple of weeks we get together. And I think that's how we're releasing them. Although we've done a three, this is our third recording in, uh, in a couple of weeks. So we're, we're condensing, we're like shooting a series, a TV series where they do 18 episodes, you know, in a month and then they just let them go one at a time. So most likely by the time people are listening to this, you and I will be having cocktails on some Hawaiian beach somewhere relaxing while the thousand of people or person person listens to our podcast. Uh, it's it's important to keep the, the listener engaged. Yes. And I, I think they're mostly relatives anyway. So whatever they miss, if they miss an episode, we can talk about it over Turkey at uh, Thanksgiving. So would that uh, be Canadian Thanksgiving or U.S. Thanksgiving? Well, the uh, good thing is you can do it twice. You can do one in October and one in November and, uh, and just in, as, as long as you enjoy Turkey or switch it up. But we quite often send greetings to our friends in the U.S. in, in November, the end of November for, for yours. And I know I get a lot of people from the U.S. sending me greetings for our October Thanksgiving. I still don't know why you have one just before Christmas, but that's, uh, that's really, well, you know, I, I'm sure there's some sort of conspiracy theory that will, uh, explain why there's two. I'm, I'm hoping that our email, uh, accounts will be full of explanations from at least one person. 
Well, maybe so, we'll get an explanation from a guest. Ooh. I can see that person's eyebrows just raised and perhaps... Oh, he's saying he's got no idea. Oh, I'm giving away that it's a guy too. Oh, well. So uh, vaccine rollout seems to be going very well where you are. And I guess it's picking up a bit up here. Uh, another eyebrow raised from... I should just put a little curtain over our guest. because I keep looking down. His eyebrows are way up there. So oh, there you go. There you go. I have a hand. Um, so, uh, things that may or may not happen in, in a short while, m months from, if we say a short while is a few months, um, right. I was looking around at various things. I noticed that the Las Vegas auto show is right now booked for the fall of 2021 in Las Vegas. Well, I guess where else would the Las Vegas, uh, auto show be, but that's where they decided to hold it this year. <laughs> there's, there's also, yeah, Reno, Reno, they're going to hold it in Reno this year. Um, and then, uh, CES, obviously that didn't happen in January this year, but it looks like it's booked for January, 2022, which I think if I was to guess would be more realistic than some of these other dates, uh, that I have, uh, up here in Toronto, I have, uh, the Budweiser stage, which is a kind of a big outdoor concert venue. Um, we have disturbed coming in July. Attention, Matt Mills, attention, Matt Mills. Um, uh, Backstreet Boys. Uh, and one actually I do want to see, and it's not because he was at the Super Bowl, but I actually kind of really like the guy. Uh, I, I kind of, dance around the kitchen when I'm listening to his music these days is the weekend and he's here June 28th and mm. Justin Bieber God forbid oh, he's that, a nice that, guy, I need to come for that I, I'm I, I'll be there for that the, for the for Biebs sure. oh, oh I'm I'm all he, over the Biebs he's a good Canadian boy I tell you and I want to talk I want to get back to the Biebs for in a second but uh um, Broadway and uh uh, I just read from uh, Governor Cuomo uh, that... Soon to be not governor. <laughs> oh, you could stay way out of that. Uh, um, that uh, Broadway will still be shut down and won't open until full seating capacity can be had. Uh, and that will be nowhere near what they're calling the... Uh, May 30th, uh, I guess the official opening of certain places that will not include Broadway and it will not include Broadway until the governor says that it, or somebody, some health person, doctor, whatever says that, okay, we're good to go. You can have everybody in there. So that's, uh, that's kind of New York. I'm not going now. I, I wanted to go see some shows. And I'm kind of bummed. I, I like going to Broadway. I like going to the eat food and and Absolutely. go see a show. And that's something that they, we should yeah, do. But they, yeah, they, we should they do it together to... one day. We should just meet should. in New well, York and go to a show. We have threatened that a few times. We've threatened. Thank to, God it never happens. And, that's yeah, all I can say. Never happens. Never happens. And this this is a, is kind of a, a neat thing that we have uh, just talked about Broadway, and we have talked about. Uh, Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber is from Stratford, Ontario, Canada. 
Guess where our guest spent 10 years of his life. And not, okay, not Broadway, Stratford. Stratford, Stratford. Ontario. And he is uh, also fairly well known in the Broadway community for projection design. And I would like to introduce him right now. This, well, actually, I should just read a little bit about him before, before I just throw him Maybe under the, under the yes, bus. Let's, okay. let's. So uh, this is Sean Newenhouse. Sean uh, worked in AV and then decided that audio wasn't very exciting for him. And he thought that the visuals was, was much more interesting. Uh, so he slowly became a visual content creator uh, and worked, or took a, took a course, I think it was BCIT, uh, a TV production program, uh, and then ended up spending 10 years or 10 seasons uh, at Stratford. And I'm hoping that most of that time wasn't spent at the Mercer Kitchen Bar. Uh, has done projection design for Tommy and Jesus Christ Superstar. Just, just recently, uh, Donna Summer's musical. Uh, he has done opera designs in San Francisco, LA, New York, and Australia, uh, where he uh, had worked on a digital design for Madam Butterfly and Whiteley. And he's going to shake his head and say, it's Wheatley, you idiot. But it's probably not. No, it's, probably, it's, it's actually oh, Whitley, oh, which it's was Whiteley. Some, took me months to actually wrap my brain around because I would have read it the same way that you did. So, he's also the go. best sounding guest we've had. If you can listen to that, he does your sportscaster. Uh, well, thank you. I'll, I'll keep it low. <laughs> uh, also, the Evictus Games and the Paralympic uh, Games in uh, Vancouver and spent five years at the Calgary Stampede main stage. So please welcome a very well-read uh, guest of ours today, Sean Newenhouse. Hello, gentlemen. Hey. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. This is... Uh, uh, this is a bit of a different turn for us on our uh, podcast. We have done, uh, had guests, both of them more on the technical side of, uh, of like technical directors. We've had Sin, we've had Glenn Speed on talking about, you know, the, where things have been, where things are possibly going and insurance, light insurance discussions. And, and uh, so we wanted to have, uh, from the projection side, because I don't necessarily think that that's a, uh, something that is completely, has completely disappeared during COVID. I think there's still work that, uh, that has been done or is to be done. Uh, so just really quickly, Sean, can you tell us at the beginning of this in March, April, May, were you working? Did you stop work, uh, a little sort of last year history, seeing as we're coming up to that anniversary? I, at that time, about last year, I would have been, um, I had a couple of projects on the books for theater stuff. There was uh, going to be a, a remount of the Madame, Madame Butterfly in Australia, and the discussions ensued because it was moving to Melbourne. The original production was done in Sydney, so it was going to need some rejigging and, uh, you know, another 15-hour flight across the Pacific to go hang out in Down Under. Um and was involved uh, in conversations about a, a regional uh, musical production that was going to happen in a smaller center. But uh, in the States, that was then, in theory, uh, everyone was hopeful that it would end up moving to New York. So 
that stampede uh, was conversations for the grandstand show for last or for twenty twenty were underway and. Uh, Another big corporate project that uh, we've all worked together on uh, in the past, uh, sort of starting the initial process for that. It was a big thing that was going to be happening last October in Orlando with thousands of people from all over the world. And we were just at that time kicking around design ideas. I and, love uh, that gig, by the way. I love that's, it. That's, so that's a great gig. Some great really gig. insane stuff. So, But I had uh, just come home. Uh, I'd been in Edmonton working on a play in uh, where we it was staged in a planetarium which was kind of a novel projection design thing and uh, wow. it's coming up to the anniversary time and the missus had just finished uh, she's a stage performer and had just come off a show so we actually were in Tofino um, catching up and uh, while we were there everything started shutting down so we kind of drove home and got the heck out of that and then over the next couple of months you know as everything kind of came to a, a full halt um, various things started to go away you know stampede just doesn't work you need uh, you know, it's over a hundred thousand people coming into that uh, chaos of crazy and fun and it's everything and it's really worth experiencing if, if you've not uh, had the mega rodeo um and the stuff in australia well that wasn't going to happen we're going to be not be getting on the plane um the, the one that dragged out the longest before the plug got pulled was the musical where they rescheduled it for the fall we were going to do the regional then and design project the the conversations kept going and we were the scenic design was underway and i was figuring out all the strange video technical challenges and it was october when that one finally went bye-bye but uh that was it the calendar was uh, vast and quiet and you know the, the, isn't that the, the worst the, the ones that you kind of held on to we all thought you know, there was one or two shows. Oh, it's good. I know that one in October. I know that one in September is going to come back. That's, you know, it'll be okay. The summer will be fine. And I'll go fishing or whatever. But September, October, man, I got a lot of work. That's going to be great. Yeah. And then down they went. It's funny. I think we all felt that way. And just, just starting to see those projects, you know, getting the emails and the phone calls and... Okay, we'll take that off. We'll take that off. Yeah. We'll take that off. And and you know that that end of summer rush disappearing. Um, you know, and, and and a lot of us I I I I would think over time, you know, there was a period of time where where summer was quiet. And and then over the last decade there hasn't been a quiet time. So it was like, "Oh yeah, okay, if I get a month off during the summer, that's not so bad at all. And then, of course, the whole summer disappeared. So, <laughs> and, and we had the right fall off, and, and then the Christmas off, and start next the following winter. Oh. Well, it, you know, I, I, my wife accuses me of being a bit of a pessimist sometimes, but you know, this this kicked in, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's going to be this and that." And for the theater stuff, I, you know, I, from the beginning, it was like, "No, this is." this is gonna be a while because you know and, and you touched on it uh, in your intro about broadway and and how the governor is saying that uh, it's still a ways away uh, there was a, a survey that came out today in one of the get a daily email blast sort of broadway gossip and tidbits and stuff and uh, someone had commissioned a, a poll and it, by December, maybe 50% of the people they asked would consider going back into a theater. And by next spring, so a year from now, 
that number went up to about 70%. And and the, the challenge with how Broadway works is that, you know, if a show's selling 65% a week, they're barely breaking even. They need to be able to put sure. all of those bumps in those seats. So for the the big theater, you know, the big commercial stuff like that, it, it's still, it's, it's going to be one of the last things to come back. Well, I just, just and, the cost of the projection designers. Oh, it's... Outrageous. It's, yeah, well, you know, I'd rather be getting the lighting guy money, but uh, that's, that's how it works. So, so I, on a hypothetical though, what have you had any discussions on the hybrid side of things for theater? To have, you know, what do you think that any exploring has happened with? Let's get thirty-five percent capacity and also broadcast it, and let's not for... do cats again, right? I don't, I don't know how that works necessarily. Like I, I, a number of companies have tried that. Uh, it's been at the big, again, the big shiny commercial stuff. It, it's gone away because it need, it's just got that financial mass. That's that huge. You, yeah. you, huge. You got to make that nut or it just doesn't work. But in this time, it's been wild to watch all of the, the stuff that, smaller companies, different groups have been putting together and trying to come up with ways of doing, you know, like the way the Panto in Toronto got done this year, right? They brought everyone in and did it on green screen and sold it as a subscription or how the, you know, the festivals have been reaching into their archives for their big tape stuff, or mm -hmm. people are writing new works based on the conceit of it, you know, taking place on a zoom screen and, and letting people watch that. So there's this, you know, the evolution of the form that way has been interesting, but it, I think it's personally, I think it's sort of an, an either or going back to it. Like the, the, what makes theater the experience that it is, is that it's this collective of, and it's the same for what we, we do on our industrial corporate stuff, right? There's something about that mm -hmm. mass of people together in the same space, sharing the same experience in real time, um, that you can't replace and, and to try and create a play that's, you know, or, or like a theatrical kind of thing. That's a hybrid of both. I don't know that neither is served well, right? You're going to be compromising one for the, it's yeah. got to, to make it work for the, the screen versus work for, uh, the room. It's two com different yeah. challenges. So you, you definitely, you make a good point, uh, you know, coming from that theater side, for a while myself, I can't, I can't watch a play that has been recorded. So, and, and there's a bunch of them out here, out there, you know, classics, Shakespeare, you know, at, at Stratford's putting out recordings of, of previous performances. And I have a big problem watching that for some reason. And, and I think it's because the medium I, I'm, I'm there for the play. I'm there for the the live spectacle, and it's very difficult for me to 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 get through watching a recording of that. It's I I think that's what all of this is. It, it, we can't sit and watch whether it's a theater play recorded or whether it's a Zoom call. It's you got to sit down in in a seat and watch a band on a stage. You got to watch a an actor on the stage and. It, the same thing with the CEO uh, or the CMO or the, you've got, they've got to be there talking to you uh, mm -hmm. and uh, not to knock what's going on now because there is no choice. You're either doing 
the the WebEx uh, award shows or whatever you're doing, you have to do that or you're dead in the water as far as communicating with your clients, your staff, your customers. But uh, it's it's a reflection on what we all want now is that's enough. I need to see something live. Yeah. And there, there are pieces that are that were put out that, uh, you know, we watched something early on that was one of the national theater productions in the UK that had been recorded like 20 years ago. And it was, uh, we had to turn it off after a while because the vision, it, it, the visual language of even how they approached filming the piece mm. for the stage, um, which isn't to say that there are much more sophisticated things, but this gets back to the whole money problem, right? Because when they do Hamilton on Broadway and turn it into the Netflix or Disney Plus, sorry, that that, that I have yet to watch. Um, but everyone says it's fantastic. And the, the show is really great. You definitely, I would recommend checking it out if you yeah. get a chance. But, you know, they backed up a gigantic mobile and they shot for multiple days, multiple sure. angles. Right. Like, it, like it's not, there was... It, it, conversations early on and i'm a member of the adc the design union up here in canada for theatrical and uh, companies were making noises about oh we've got all these archive tapes of uh what are archive recordings so it's basically yeah, yeah, a yeah. camera yeah. mounted on the balcony oh, rail pointed yeah. and we're like oh we're gonna stream that's like it, no, it used to be on what? tvo or something yeah. well public... but it's it, it it was you know it's a piece of video PBS. that exists as a reference sure for the project and, and, and when they're viewed, it's never, those are never created with the intention of that actually being made public. So I'd know, be when people start talking about that, it's like, it, it doesn't, you know, it's a crappy little security I'd be, camera. It's, I'd be surprised that one day they're not going to go way back into the archives and pull out my movie. When I, when I was 13, I did a movie called the Christmas tree, which was about a 15 minute long movie. Uh, I was a Ukrainian, young Ukrainian boy who lost the Christmas tree in the forest and a wolf uh, took it away. So if you ever see that, you know we've hit rock bottom. <laughs> we, well, wait a minute. Wasn't that a five camera shoot? <laughs> no, that was, <laughs> that was not. <laughs> uh, you know, but I did see one of the, uh, I think it was Jesus Christ Superstar. It was a, an amazingly shot version well, there there have been superstars had four different Broadway incarnations over its life, so there um, it could have been one of those. It wasn't the one that I was. It part was of, shot the, like all, the, it was shot. Yeah. It, I think last year in the spring or something like four. If it wasn't for COVID, uh, and it was one of these last ditch attempts to get something big right. out on the screen for people to watch, it was fabulous. The well, singing, it was just crazy good. And now it's time to head a little east and shout out one of my favorite restaurants in Montreal, Le Bremner. Le Bremner is owned by one of Canada's top chefs, Chuck Hughes. Unlike his flagship and larger restaurant, Garde Manger, Le Bremner is located in a small stone and beam basement in Old Montreal. I go there for the great cocktails and seafood. If I'm traveling by myself, I just sit at the oyster bar and chat with the bartender until they throw me out. The best way to experience the place is with you and three others who enjoy good service and amazing Canadiana cuisine. It's located at 361 St. Paul Street East in Old Montreal. It's a small place so you'll need to book ahead. Check them out at lebremner.ca. L-E-B-R-E-M-N-E-R.
M-N-E-R.ca. And bon appetit. There has been discussion about how this whole COVID process and, and, and whether going forward producers will try harder to make sure these shows are captured at that level. Like, I think that what people's eyes have been open to the idea that there is, yes, it's not the same as being in the room at the end of the day, but a well-produced capture of the performance to have and something that can be streamed and stuff. And, and you know, the, the Metropolitan Opera and other opera companies have been playing with that for years, right? They met shoots pretty much everything. Um, and it streams to yeah. cinemas all around the world. So there, there is a market, and it's a way that, you know, the, people are sitting on their couches during the beginning of COVID watching stuff that, you know, from the National Theatre in the UK that you never, unless you had been there at the time, you've missed that moment in time. So whether that becomes part of the business um, comes back to dollars and cents ultimately as much as anything, but, uh, but it, you know, it, it becomes a design consideration as well, right? For the stuff that we do, if what you're building for, when you're doing a gig that doesn't have IMAG, how you approach lighting a little bit different than you know that it's got to look good on a camera. It's it's a different thing. So, um, how whether that will impact how people approach design of things um, mm-hmm. remains. Well, uh, I, I hope it goes. We all, shall see. I hope it all goes back live. There there are some things obviously that they shot and and did and that live at the Met. I think you can go down to the movie theaters. There's one fairly close to me that you can go down on a Saturday afternoon or whatever and watch live at a Met. And, you know, if that's, you know, if it's, it's like Wynton Marsalis or something playing along, it's like, oh, I'll go. That's, uh, you know, you see, you see some crazy stuff there, but, uh, how did you get involved in this, this opera, uh, world? Was that, was that out of Stratford or was that out of, the stuff you've been doing on Broadway. How it, did that come to fruition? I guess it, it goes back to Stratford and it all traces back to, you know, I dabbled in theater in high school and that kind of stuff. And then when I got out of school that, um, I, as you mentioned in the intro, I'd gone to BCIT, the uh, in BC Institute of Technology, for those Thank who do you. not know yeah, the acronym. That, that, that would be the, <laughs> I uh, apparently didn't. The Ryerson or the SAIT equivalent, depending on right. which province uh, your list audiences dialing in from um and but had you know worked with different staging and av companies and live events and along the way saw this opportunity to make video stuff and, and approach how projection got used in shows uh with more of a an event feel and you know at the time it felt like that uh, you know there was an intro video that would be played and we take out the three gun Sony projector and line all those tubes up and make it look pretty or the big video wall kind of thing. But the, the video was getting made for those events in a big fancy dark room somewhere with a whole bunch of tape machines and that kind of thing. And they just plugged it in and press play and it, it didn't necessarily have a connection to what was happening in the room. So the stuff that I that kind of dragged me into it was making stuff for clients with an eye to making it part of the whole. Anyway, did that for a bunch of years, was living in Toronto, freelancing at a variety of uh, event production places uh, around the city and then doing my thing. And uh, a friend of mine was an assistant at the Stratford Festival that season. And uh, the designer decided that uh, it was a production of Into the Woods. 
and uh, Danny Lynn was the scenic designer on that, and she wanted to incorporate some video. So my phone rings, and my friend has said, hey, I, you know, I told someone at the festival, I know this guy in Toronto that can do this kind of stuff, and drove down, and I filmed for a day, and went away, and edited all that, and uh, built a Macromedia program, um, sort of a runtime thing. If you go back far enough, that will those words will mean stuff to certain people <laughs> we work with. Uh, you know, all the software we've forgotten over the years. Yep. Um, came back on the second trip, dropped off a computer with all this stuff loaded on. It's like, you know, click this button to play this cue and click this button to play that cue. And that was it. And they wait, thanks. Okay, goodbye. And that was the connection to the festival. And then the next year, a, a different show came up and they said, we want to have some video. And I uh, got involved in the conversation. And, and over that 10 seasons, um, it, it just kept evolving with the, in both the, the scope and the technology, you know, those the first year that the projection gear was woeful and it, very hard to see. And, and over time they kept adding to it. And I, I was definitely lucky enough to be part of those conversations in terms of, well, you might want to think of this and not that. And that was taking what I'd learned in land of corporate stuff and bringing it back into the theater there. So along the way, I uh, did Jesus Christ Superstar with Des McEnough, who was the artistic director at the time. And uh, from that, uh, I've gone on to do a number of different shows with him over the years. And that, uh, that opened the door to all these other opportunities. It just sort of, it, it kind of snowballs. It's people you meet, right place, right time. Um, the opera work, uh, originally, my first opera was for Vancouver Opera back, uh, in advance of the Olympics. And, uh, again, one next to the next to the next. And, uh, then you suddenly randomly find yourself sitting in the middle of Lincoln Center going, okay, here we are. <laughs> or in a ballroom in the middle of the night, looking at no sleep before the show starts in the morning. Exactly. But you know, what's, I, I, I feel really fortunate that I've been able to go back and forth between those two for this time because it's it's two totally different ways of working right you know the corporate that we all do it's there's that adrenaline rush because ceo is speaking at 9 a.m on monday and it's going to work right we, you get one shot there is no room for failure and the theater you you know there's the rehearsals and the chance to refine and tweak and futz and it, it, you know it's a it's a different way of doing it so but i think both it really inform each other for me at least so yeah, I find right now most of the technology is going in, which it always has kind of been in concerts, but it's these uh, EDMs, the massive, massive stages that they're doing for the uh, electronic dance industry. And I think that's also bleeding into this new environment of uh, the electronic gaming industry, which I read on the weekend that down at the Canadian National Exhibition in Toronto, they're about to build uh, or proposing to build, which I think it's quite underway as far as the planning is concerned, is is a center dedicated to gaming. So the whole stage and everything is set up for gaming. And I'm sure we'll be using it for conferences and, and other such things, but to build a big environment specifically for electronic gaming crazy it's it, it there was one in vancouver in 2018 um i forget which particular 
game it was, but you know, I, I know a bunch of people that were working on it. It wasn't Pong, I'll tell you that. It wasn't, wasn't Pong, Pong, no, because they had you know, E2 brains, floor to ceiling, multiple racks filled with just like the, the switching and routing and the, the data management for making one of those things work is, is mine. But like, there's so much going on in those and, and the, the money in that world, right? But that's you look at what, uh, a feature film will make in the opening weekend. And when in video games, they talk about the you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of product that they sell. Like it's just this exponentially bigger market that people don't necessarily think about. So that, but what those turn into will be really interesting to watch that evolution of. You know, oh, it the, will be. The, and, and yeah, can you, how do you take that environment, but then repurpose it in for a, a corporate, a live, you know, add some of the bells and whistles and the kind of things that, we do, you know, a product reveal or, you know, well, be curious whether uh, an environment like that will also be built so the uh, the six gaming rigs that are sitting in the middle of the stage can go away and you can drive on that new car and right. uh, whatever, yeah. you know, like whether the people behind that, those kind of projects will be thinking about those spaces in that way. It, it uh, the, what I was reading was that there was already... Uh, a plan to use this as a corporate event center as well. So that, you know, you fly out your gaming seats and your monitors and whatever, and, and there's a full stage there, complete with the most outrageous moving light kit and audio you've ever seen, I'm sure. I was talking to uh, some younger people in their 20s about the fact they think that electronic gaming will surpass uh, a live event gaming in its popularity that people will go and watch Joey and Cynthia sorry Cynthia just that name just came to my head she was our last guest uh, uh, let's call her Sarah um, will pay a hundred dollars a ticket to to go watch probably young adults by the time that happens uh people with faster ref reflexes it's than already faster, right? huge yeah. though yeah it's it's yeah. already it's already massive and to think you know for 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 the three of us being a little older having actually played pong um <laughs> i if, think it was pretty cool if somebody had told me you know in the in the mid to late 80s you know at some point in your lifetime people are going to pay money to watch you play a video game mm -hmm. or people are, people are going to be paid to play video games in front of an audience. I would have laughed at them. Yeah. And now it's a massive industry and it is pushing technology forward. It's, it's a helper for sure. The, from what I understand it, it will, if it hasn't already, it will outsell main events in that world will outsell like the Super Bowl. Right. There's because a reason it, why it's, that... it's worldwide. Yeah the owner of the Vancouver Canucks and uh, a variety of other franchi franchises out here um, also has an esports team and has for a couple of years and they've, you know, they, they cottoned on to that pretty quickly. So um, yeah, that you it won't be watching people chase a basketball around a court. It'll be uh, just watching things on screen, but uh, it's still that shared experience though. Right. And My that, that, that production value, that whole, that people are willing to pay the hundred bucks to sit in the chair with 20,000 other people and be wowed by watching a video game and all the lighting and all the, all the video and production and everything else that goes into that to make that an experience. It's mm -hmm. people ultimately crave that. And, and 
Well, one of my I, sons actually uh, delved into it for a while. And after, I think it was about 15,000 hours of honing his skill, made 500 bucks. But he made 500 bucks at, at, at gaming. And he quickly, after that, went, ah, this isn't worth it. <laughs> but you know, there are kids, and probably not kids anymore, there are young adults now that, that if you're good and your reflexes are incredible, you can make hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, and get sponsors, etc. just the same way as Tom Brady or Nima, Nima sports celebrity. Uh, but uh, that's the kind of money that these, these guys and gals are, are looking at. And it was interesting when, when this kind of pandemic started, we were stuck at home and learning how to use Zoom. I wanted to, to teach a little bit. I kind of came up with a video and uh, to teach people how to look better on Zoom than they were in their little home office kitchens. And, and I started delving into the equipment that would be easy to get and easy to use. And it, the, all of the videos started coming in from people who were broadcasting their games they're gaming live. So all of the LEDs, their, their little in-home studios, their lights, their audio, their microphones. The, the mic I have now that I use for this podcast is from a company that used to be just a gaming company. Now they do cameras, uh, they do digital switchers, they do the microphones. They, it's a company now named Elgato, if you, if you don't know them, but a lot of people do now uh, they have oh look at that a stream deck <laughs> our guest sean has a stream deck in a box and you know i'm, I'm using the mic uh i i had ordered the air light uh lights for here which you can run off your uh your stream deck so you know it all interacts you can pop up your game you can throw in a, a little whirling video entrance and it's crazy and it's, it's a gaming company and this is I was teaching these people uh, from the corporate environment how to use home-based equipment that were, that were spawned from this gaming industry. Crazy. Mental. Mental. I'm going south for today's shout-out. It goes to Marcel in Atlanta, Georgia. Located in the West Side Provisions District, Marcel offers dry-aged steaks, fresh fish, craft cocktails, along with a stellar wine list and their signature beef wellington. For more information, please visit marcelatl.com. That's M-A-R-C-E-L-A-T-L dot com. But there, so the, the technology that's driving all those games, though, is, is I think, having some very interesting impacts on what's happening in our business because you know everything stopped people pivoted to meetings and that was the opportunity for xr and ar and vr all these little short acronyms we've heard kicked around but the, this whole other way of thinking about production and remotely and the the so that's extended reality and virtual reality and augmented reality which are the the, the three of the bunch um, and you're seeing it 
turn into product like the MTV VMAs from last summer or the there, there's the Katy Perry video from the which the, yeah. the reality show that she does they they filmed a piece that was her standing on a little LED oh, three-sided box and she's yep. immersed in this world and and, it, and you know that one came out in May and the MTV thing was in August and it's it's all using similar technology in terms of the tools under the hood and they're, they're tool sets that we use and theater and events and that kind of thing the evolution and the amount of work that's going into that right now and there's, there's a bunch of it happening here in, Ontario, in vancouver with um, film and television production you know it's this video game the, the the what's under the hood the unity or unreal um driving these virtual environments and and linking it to the camera and tracking and it's as if you're standing there yeah everyone uses the example of the mandalorian sort of being the big one oh, that breaks out so the, yeah. There's, but the, all that, watching everyone chase after how to implement that tech and build workflows for it and stuff is, and, and you know, looking ahead to when live does come back, how do these things start to fit together and, and will there? There's, you know, I, there's definitely stuff in the theater practice that uh, looking ahead, uh, making use of more of more of that to just be able to react to stuff. Where traditionally the video had to be rendered out in advance, and you know, queuing the show was stage manager calling to this clip runs into that clip is now the computer is making it on the fly, and you know the the effect has to happen on this particular beat when the conductor waves the stick, and the yeah. stage manager is calling for that, and the computer is just changing what it's doing, and you don't have that time of having. You're now into it's about building the, all the the assets and the, the world for that, but. Sorry, it's getting off into the weeds of the tech of it, but it's it, it's some really cool tools, and people are coming up with all sorts of new and novel ways to implement them. So, well, the the whole virtual studio now, where they're shooting uh, the, the Mandalorian or all these these kind of high tech movies, and some not so high tech that they can go into a, a studio with kind of a high def LED wall wrapped around and shoot like an incredible scene of deserts or wheat fields or attacking spacecraft and it looks phenomenal on camera and all they need is about a 15 by 15 acting area and the rest of it is yeah it's and a camera same. tracking system. And a camera tracking system. Well, and, and yeah. that's that's where it that's gets a lot deceptive of because people yeah. start talking about, you know, what what that what goes actually goes into that to do that well is something that's still uh, shaking out and, you know, realizing what uh, what it takes to make to make that really work. But uh, as we've in conversations I've been having with people, the, the job right now, if you want to be the guy that knows or the guy or gal that knows how to grab that rock and the uh, Unreal Engine and move it to the right and make it bigger and make it blue, there is a, a gig right now because there's right, yeah. people, you know, there's all sorts of uh, infrastructure for making the 3D environments. There are the LED techs and the people who run the servers, but the, to be that artist on set, being able yep. to manipulate that stuff, and you know, which is what's so amazing about it, is all very reactive. But the the, the stuff that's successful, things like the Mandalorian, that, that's all planned within within an inch of its life. So before yep. they get into that space, but obviously not on on the scale of say something like the Mandalorian but but putting together a, a, a virtual rig we had the opportunity to do it during the summertime and the biggest part of it was the camera tracking 
you know, as long as the lighting was, was 360 degrees and you weren't, you know, bouncing uh, intensity off the video wall, which is pretty tough to do anyway, it was really the camera tracking that was the most important thing that, that took the longest time. I mean, it was, it, it, the, the dots had to be everywhere, floor, ceiling, walls. It, it didn't matter where it was, there was a dot on it for the camera tracker. And I'll have to get myself a subscription to that Disney Channel so I can watch Mandalorian. All I've seen is the clips that say, look how good this is. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Have you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. There, there's a well-spent eight ninety-nine a month or whatever it is. I'll have to jump Oh, on. no. I, it's, uh, uh, I've said too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always say that we're just going to get subscribed to death. You know, you just look at the end of the month, you look at your visa statement or your Amex statement and just go, oh my God, it was eight ninety nine here, thirteen ninety nine here, eighteen ninety nine there. And next thing you know, it's two or $300 a month in subscriptions for things that, ah, it's only eight ninety nine a month. It's only eight ninety nine a month and I'm on lockdown. So let's do it. <laughs> yeah. But when we leave the house, there are people that are going to be still there expecting to keep that. Because wait. Mom and dad have gone, and I'm just sitting at home now. They've canceled everything. It's like, that's not fair. So what about uh, future projects? Are you getting a sniff of anything uh, for July, August, September? Or is it all right now sitting in 2022? Uh, the theatery kind of things, uh, I think, are... The, the big stuff is still into early next year by the in, in reality back to that whole getting a number of people together um I, I know that the folks in calgary have been making noises about some sort of stampede related thing there there's supposed to be an announcement coming up in a few weeks i have not sure what what the plan is but uh I don't think they're going to be quite back at the the full scale version of uh, what a stampede will be just well, what a, st a stampede sounds like something you probably don't want while you're coming out of a pandemic. Do you think yeah, exactly. by any chance that they're waiting? I heard rumors from a, a couple of friends of mine that work uh, on the Houston Rodeo that the Houston Rodeo is happening. Uh, I haven't heard any news on that lately, but you know, based on the size of the two projects, do you think maybe the stampede is waiting to see if Houston's gonna go? Uh, it no. could be. There's so many layers of how that world works <laughs> yeah, there, and true. I just deal with a tiny facet. But you know, the, the world of the rodeo stuff, I think there's a lot of the competitors and fans that come up from the States to, to partake. And with right. the border closed at this, I, I, given yeah. the lead times and stuff, it, we're very quickly running out of runway. So, uh, you know. Who knows what that's going to I be. I should have qualified and, that with yeah. speculate for us, please, Sean. Yeah. I find that whole border thing is going to be pretty interesting in about two months uh, where most of the population of the U.S. will have their vaccine and we'll have like, what, three people done? And, uh, <laughs> and the... They're going to keep the borders closed because they don't want us going down there where it used to be the other way around. Right. So that's, uh, you know, a little tit for tat, I say. Well, and, you know, the borders open and travel, you know, we will get there at some point. It, you know, it's inevitable 
things will start creeping back. But, you know, back to that, how willing people are going to be to gather together. Like, yeah, cool. I want to go to that dental conference, but maybe let's, <laughs> let's, let's let them get one under, or, you know, be at the CES in Vegas next year. Like, do, do you we, want to know that when I was in Vancouver, the last time I was in Vancouver, I was doing a show for somebody on the second floor of the VCC West building. Yep. Underneath us was the dental conference. It's funny you'd mentioned that. Oh, you were there that week. Did you I get a there, test afterwards? And, and no, but I flew home and they start talking about, oh, well, they're, you know, across Canada, it seems to be okay, except the dental conference in Vancouver. Apparently there's some outbreaks. And I was like, oh yeah, well, it had to be that, didn't it? But no, I was yeah. okay. I've, I was tested soon thereafter and, and uh, deemed to be free of COVID. I've had a well, couple that's a of good tests. Thing. So. Uh, but that would, that was uh, that was pretty bizarre timing. Totally. In, in, you know, to your question in terms of in the interim, I've pivoted a bit back to, um, my roots of making video stuff. Uh, you know, all the event clients, uh, a lot of the event production companies have moved to making online galas and virtual meetings and that kind of thing. So there's been a, a bunch of, uh, you know, shooting and editing and, uh, just making videos again, which is not quite as creatively challenging as trying to figure out how to do a 200 foot wide curved screen in a, another country. But, uh, you know, it, it's something, it's fun. And it, it, there's um, certainly not as much fun as watching you do that. No, I quite no, enjoy it's, that sometimes. It's, it's how I have this uh, <laughs> beautiful hairdo, uh, which doesn't really help for the listeners at home now. Does no, it? no. But you can probably guess. But, yes. Yeah. That's, that's quite the fro. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, I don't know. I wish I did. I guess yeah. I think we all did do. Um, but yeah, you know, the nature of some of the, again, the, the bigger things that we've all three together played on, you know, like the international meetings where people were literally coming from every corner of the earth to gather together for a number of days and, and meet and talk. And then, you know, it's not only that you identified that, we're going to get to this point where south of the border, the vaccine rate is going to be a good chunk higher than it is right now. Although there are fewer of us, perhaps we'll catch up. That's what we keep uh, hearing. Um, but great, there's North America. But what about, you know, all the other corners of the earth and, and how long is it going to take before people will feel comfortable? The, it, you know, the, whether or not it's possible to do versus people's willingness to do. And the, there's going to be a bit of, I think, a distinction there. So I think that's where those, the meetings that are like half live, half video may start. Yeah, that, the hybrid model. The hybrid sure. that we do, yeah. a, a North American meeting with, or even a U.S.-based meeting with everybody else from every other country gets a feed. Because uh, I, I can't see the in the States, I cannot see it being stopped very much longer, especially with the rate of vaccination right now. I can, I can see some of these shows starting again in September, October, November. Uh, yeah, there's been certainly been rumblings from, mm -hmm. from some of our clients that, that, uh, put this on the schedule. We're not saying it's happening, but this is where we would like to go. Yeah. And as long as it's nothing, horrible happens with these new strains right you know that those can be controlled if they can then i see that happening 
and more podcasts and more podcasts. You know, lovely way to. I don't know what time. we're going to talk about if it if it all stops. When are we going to? We'll just talk about airline travel and hotels and and bars and restaurants, which I think is a lovely segue because well, into <laughs> it is time. I believe that we are going to get our show. Do you have a little for, musical bumper that you cut into this? Well, segment, this is where this is, is where the selfishness. In? Have you guys gone there yet? The selfishness of uh, uh, of the hosts comes in because on our shoutouts, we actually have a musical background. On the guest side, they just tell us. Check. But if you'd like me to hum something, I'd like you to With tell some me tiny violins. <laughs> I will leave it. You, you can. You don't want that person to turn off. You, you want to <laughs> encourage them to stay right through the end, right? So Exactly. So I know your shout-out uh, belongs to one of my favorite towns, and uh, it was just serendipitous that our last guest was on, and I did a shout-out to another restaurant in the same town, if you can believe it. So I'm going to leave this just up to you to give your little shout out. I know you're nervous. I know it's <gasps> so but many please, choices. Sean. Well, I'm going with uh, the Americana restaurant in Del Mar, California, which is not San Diego. So it's, you know, it's just up the road a ways is fine. But it's when I'm, I've been lucky enough to work at the La Jolla Playhouse a bunch of times. It's one of the regional theaters in the U.S. where a lot of Broadway destined things uh, get their first starts. Um, and Del Mar is a little drive up the highway and this fantastic cafe, you can sit out on the patio there and enjoy a nice breakfast. And it's a really good way to ground oneself before going back into the theater for 16 hours of tech. So That's, there you be, but, but that, because you, you will clearly attract a following of the folks who work in the vent land and find themselves on the West coast from time to time. If any of those peeps are in Vancouver, um, go to the Kiefer bar. If you have not already, it's in mm. Chinatown. It is one of the most fantastic cocktail bars. Full stop. Um, happens to be in Vancouver, but, uh, there you go. So I'm hogging and I'm taking two shout outs, but that's, uh, that's good be. because we need more places to go when we get back at it. I think I've been to the Kiefer and I know I've been to, uh, Del Mar and, uh, been to your, uh, your shout out. It's amazing how you get around. It's crazy. It's, you know what, that's part of what makes the, the craziness, uh, worthwhile, right? The, yeah. the, the reality is Absolutely. like, it's a, it's a strange gig we all do and a strange world we're in, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool perks. Well, uh, as usual, I've spent way too much time with you. Oh shucks. It just went by like that. Yeah. So, so we are going to say uh, thank you so much, Sean, for spending, uh, well, it looks like 64 minutes, but no worries. I'll have that edited down to about Slice 15. and dice it. It'll be grand. <laughs> I'm just going to get your shout out and that would be, I'll delete the rest. Anyway, thanks so much, Sean, for, uh, for, uh, calling in from that, uh, fancy West coast, Vancouver home of yours. And I hope to see you soon on the road. And I'll be looking forward to watching all of your award videos and, and stuff that I'm sure I'll be seeing in the next month or so, the, the virtual ones. And uh, good chatting. Thanks for your time. Likewise, gentlemen, thank you for having me on. It's been, been fun. Yeah, thank it you, has. Sean. Good to see you. Good to hear from you.
And that's Sean gone. Whew. Thought he'd never he's leave. <laughs> I've, I know. I've, I I've know. muted him. He, he's still trying to talk, but I've muted him. So he's, <laughs> he's giving me the foul mouth thing. We, we don't want to record what he's actually mouthing right no, now. No, no. Then we'd have to change the, uh, the heading on the episode. It would no longer be a clean feed. It would be one of those ones that has a lot of swearing and stuff in it. So uh, good. That was fun. That was fun. And it's a lot different to get, the, the, I think, the theater side. Uh, which we hadn't... Easy for yet. you to say. The theater, the theater side. Theater. Theater. I'll say it a few times so I can edit the correct one. It is good to get the theater point of view from Sean. Was that okay? Yeah. Uh, so. uh, yes, quite thespian. Thespian. Yes. Uh, so you can go back skiing. Is there any sunshine still out there? Uh, there is, there is. I will not be skiing today. It's time to take uh, Maddox off to his swim lesson. But okay. uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. There will be skiing tomorrow. The, oh, good, good. And can you cue your dogs to start barking? Because uh, we're, we're actually becoming quite used to this. The closing barking. <laughs> yes, the closing woof, barking. Woof, woof. Yeah, sadly, uh, uh, packages no deliveries today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should start sending you things. Get the dogs barking. But I want to thank uh, the, the one or two people, all relatives, I'm sure, that are listening to this podcast and the time that you uh, take out of your day once uh, every two weeks to listen to what I'll just cut down to 15 minutes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, hope you... 15 minutes and a shout out. Don't forget to subscribe. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have another exciting episode probably in another 14 days. Fresh. Sounds fantastic. And oh. we'll be 14 more days into maybe the, the end of this thing. Not the, not the podcast, but, but the pandemic. I'm sure most people are hoping for both. <laughs> anyway, thanks very much, everybody. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Okay, ciao. Bye. Well, Andrew, again, I'd say that's a wrap. We want to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their experiences. We would also really like to thank you, the listener, for your time and support of this podcast. And don't forget that we're all in it together, so help out where you can and support everyone going through tough times right now. We hope to see everybody back on the road soon. See you later. <laughs>